All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, from realtors, lenders, builders, developers, <coughs> residential or commercial, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Our very special guest Good and featured titan for today, Peter Laura. Peter, thanks so much Good for taking Lord. the time, my friend. What an intro, Greg. Can <laughs> I possibly live up to that? <laughs> this is a big deal, everybody. This is a super special on location in Peter's domain, which is fantastic. Um, if you're following this man, if you're not, you need to. But this is uh, one of the many backdrops um, of a lot of your media, Peter. So I'm super excited to dive in. Me too. Um, really to the questions for everybody out there, for the listeners and the viewers to really get to know this man deeper as a, as a person, a professional. Throw it all at him, Peter. I'm super excited. Okay. You might not want to know it all, but uh, uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> they do. They do. Give the people what they want. Okay. Uh, so let's just start with telling everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I'm obviously British with this very strong British accent, although... I, I didn't get that. Right. I didn't get yeah, that. Of you did. <laughs> um, but I've lived in the United States for actually more than half my life. I've been here for 26 years. Okay. But this accent kind of stuck. I was in the music business before. I used to be a house music producer, which is ooch, 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 yeah. that stuff. All right. In the 90s, I had loads of hits. Worked with loads of top artists, and that's actually what brought me to the States. Okay. And then um, around, this, that makes me sound so old, <laughs> around the turn of the century, <laughs> around the turn of the century, um, I was like, okay, the music business is about to kind of be catapulted into an unrecognizable format, and, and I believed that the, the revenue stream was going to be crushed. And so I, I had a really good run. I, I finished my, my record career. I had a number one record in 12 countries simultaneously. And oh, I really? took my winnings, invested it into real estate uh, in Los Angeles that I felt was very undervalued in the, in the global market. All gut stuff. None of this I found. I mean, the internet barely existed. Wow. And uh, it proved that uh, my gut has been a reliable source for uh, my direction that is is big enough. <laughs> but I, I love that, Peter, because you're really breaking down, you know, who you are and where you came from and, and what got you into it. When you were initially making that transition, right? Yeah. What was it about real estate that made you say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and I'm really going to go for it. What was it? What was well, I have a, a kind of professional answer. Then I have the truth. Well, let's get the truth or a blend whatever you're No, doing. I'll tell you the truth. Okay. So I was, uh, um, in the music business, and I've been wanting to throw my rope over the wall for a while. Hmm. This is pre-Napster, pre-kind of MP3s crushing the industry, wow. but I knew that that was coming, okay. and so I was like, I need to figure out a way to get out. So I, I wrote the uh, last few records, you know, had a couple of nice big juicy hits, and then I was like, what do I do? Hmm. And I was dating this woman who may have been related to the devil, not quite sure, I think she might have been. And she was, you know, I'm trying not to use the word toxic, but she was she was trouble, man, and yeah. she was trouble for me, and I fell head over heels in love with her. And Anyway, she had a, 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 an antiques business in Los Angeles that did really well. Hmm. She quit that and went into real estate. Interesting. And I'm like, hmm, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And then I'd already begun my investment 
strategy. So I kind of was already in the world of real estate. Okay. Uh, from taking my money from the music business and buying properties. <laughs> and then I just decided to go full headlong into it. Wow. And I literally hung up my headphones when I went to bed one night. <laughs> hung up my DJ headphones, <laughs> figuratively. Yeah. And then I woke up the next day as a realtor and I never looked back. And I think that's uh, obviously inspiration for everybody out there who's watching or listening to really go through it and say, okay, look at all the different changes in life and decisions that you make and look where you're at. And I want to give everybody a little bit of deeper background into that. So when you did go into real estate, what was your progression in your career to today? I mean, you've amassed so much, you know, amazing background into, you know, your offices and agents, things like that, your career and everything that you're doing and continue to do. So, so I want to give a little background. All right. Well, I'll give you a brief synopsis. So when I joined real estate... I wrote down my goals, and I have to thank uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich for that. Huh? I read that book, and I remember sitting outside my, the office that I was going to join in the rain in my car, and I wrote down all my goals. Many of them were personal, like get married, have kids, which I've done. <laughs> um, but then I also wrote down, uh, I, wanted to be the num- uh, the, I wanted to be Rookie of the Year, which I was. Okay. I wanted to be the number one agent in my office, which I was, within two years. And then within five years, I wanted to be the number one agent in the area, I actually ended up being the number one Keller Williams agent in Los Angeles after five years. Uh, and then I had always wanted my own company. Because hmm. I'm, a, I'm a builder, not a, not a physical builder, but I like to build companies and sure. I like to build stuff. Okay. And when I was in the record business, I liked to produce instead of being in the band. I was in bands, hmm. but I much preferred building the product. And so it was uh, kind of my major goal was after five years to start my own firm, which is what I did. In 2010, my wife and I started PLG Estates, which was, I thought we were launching into a niche that nobody really occupied, which was music business and creatives. Hmm. And everybody was kind of still very vanilla, as most of the industry still is today. Agreed. Right? Yeah. And we just ran hard at being cool and hit. We were kind of like the Soho house of of the real estate industry before (laughs) Soho house. And it, it paid off. And then... The kind of the caveat of it all is a couple of years ago, I got a phone call from Netflix saying, we want you to host a show on Netflix. And I'm like, come on, who is it? Who's messing around? Who's Frank Colin Peter? Uh, Because I didn't go out and, you know, being on TV was never on my radar. Sure. And then I met everybody and they went, we love you. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I didn't, I, I, you know, I'm going to actually tell you a little bit of a fanboy thing. All right. I just had lunch, uh, actually, this sounds, well, I had lunch at Soho House right mm-hmm. now. And sitting two tables away from me is a hero of mine, Patrick Stewart, right? Oh, no Jean-Luc way. Picard. Now, I, he doesn't know me, uh, but we're from the same town and not many people come from Leeds, England. Huh. So I went up and spoke to him and I wish I'd shared this story because <laughs> I've shared it now a million times. <laughs> when he w- was on Star Trek, he said he didn't unpack his suitcase for a whole season because he thought he was going to get fired. Wow. When I was doing Stay Here for Netflix, I was like, I don't know how long they're going to have me on the set here. And I actually didn't unpack until the second city. Get out of here. And then I was like, well, I guess they're not sending me home. And wow. it was a big hit. Yeah, it, a huge show. I, I mean, obviously we got this this back here, which I thought was fantastic. When I walked in, I said, this is awesome. I'm burning out. But, um, you know, anybody who hasn't seen that, it is on Netflix. I think there's eight episodes right now. Correct. Um, so it's 
fantastic show. Definitely tune in. Stay here uh, with this man here. Thank you. Very uh, much. But uh, so going into all that, Pete, and there's there's so many different things that are going on. But I want to shift gears to the next question because I think this gives everybody a deeper knowledge into you. Um, is what's your why? I mean, what motivates you? How come you I'm sweating? I, I'm sweating a little bit. It, it's, it's, more, it's, more of a it's more of a glisten. It's more of a glisten. It's more of a glisten inside there. It's it's out there. Gosh, it's it's dripping, man. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? The fans too Woo! loud. The fan, well, we'd try. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, what's your why, Pete? I mean, what what really motivates you to do what you do to the level you do it at? Okay. So the, I might give you a bit of a bizarre answer. Okay. So. Was Cindy, Cindy uh, you, you haven't met Cindy, right? Okay, Cindy, my lovely wife, the woman who I fear. She's about, I don't know, three feet tall, and yeah. I'm absolutely terrified of her. <laughs> but I married a wonderful woman who is, was a, a, a Vietnam refugee. She was a boat, a boat person. Uh, she came to the United States when she was five, and she's a Buddhist, right? Wow. Couldn't be more different to me, mm -hmm. right? I'm English. Uh, you know, I had a very, certainly not a privileged background. I had a very rough upbringing, but... But it wasn't, I didn't escape England on a boat. Sure. And so the big why for me is, and I really don't want to sound in any way kind of like trite or cool. Mm -hmm. Every day that my eyes open, and the guys at PLG hear me say this all the time. Mm -hmm. Every time my eyes open, I wake up next to my beautiful wife and my beautiful kids in a house that I love, in a city that I adore, in my favorite state in the United States which is the best country in the world. Mm. So I kind of already won. Wow. So I am, I feel very ab abundantly full of gratitude mm. at all times. Sure. And so the big why for me, why do I work as hard as I can? Yeah. It isn't for money. I don't do it for money. Mm. I mean, I do well, but money's never driven me. Sure. I do it so that I can spend time with my kids. Like for example, my wife and kids, we, I've got three beautiful children. We're going to Tuscany in two weeks. Love it. Tuscany, and then we're st staying out in the, in the hills in Tuscany. Then we're going to stay in Florence in Tuscany. And then we're going to stay in Rome. And I'm going to vlog everything. And I can do these things because I work so hard. Mm -hmm. And the big why for me is staying, kind of just staying in the game. I don't need to be the biggest, baddest bitch on the block. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? I don't need to be king of the hill because you know what? I don't really care about anybody else's hill. Hmm. I got mine. I'm on it. And I don't need to be king of it. I'm just on it and I love it. And what drives me, and this is, I'm sorry for a terribly long answer. No, no, this is great. What drives me is this. I love being in action hmm. and I love being uncomfortable. I like to feel some discomfort, like the sky is falling, I'm going to fail, this is never going to work, oh my god, today's the beginning of the end of the rest of my life. Hmm. That's where I like to live. Wow. Because when I feel discomfort, I'm evolving. Hmm. If I'm in comfort, I'm not. Well said. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. That's why I taught myself to edit videos, that's why... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a movie and I'm, you know, doing a screenplay and I'm doing all this creative stuff because the odds are 10 million to one. But that's okay. Everything's 10 million to one. Right. Being a DJ is 10 million to one. Having a number one record is 10 million to one. Hmm. And if I fail, I fail. I don't care. 
But that, that attitude mentality is huge. And I know that the audience who, who really tunes into this, learning from the best of the best in the business, uh, you know, that's truly where the growth happens, is out of those comfort zones. And, and I'm glad that you stressed that and really mentioned it to everybody to really understand that. Um, it's easier said than done for a lot of professionals that are out there. And that's why there's a top one, there's a top five, there's a top 10% for a reason. Sure. Right? Uh, but, but I really appreciate the fact that you mentioned your family and your country and everything that you're doing for time and space. And it's not about the money. And the top producers and professionals that I work with all over the world, and, and obviously the United States and here, uh, it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make money to live and, and go through, but it's passion. It's it's really legacy and impact that they're leaving, not to, just to their family, but to their communities yeah. and the industry itself. I mean, Peter, you're doing some really amazing things with technology and social media, and well, hopefully we'll get into that a little bit later. But again, if you're not following this man on every single platform possible, you need to do that. It is huge, huge, awesome information, whether you're in real estate or not. Um, but Peter, I want to shift gears after the why into the advisory portion of this. A lot of the viewers, whether you're listening or watching into this, they want to know what the Titans are doing to grow their business. What they've really I done is... I can it down to two words. I, I want to hit, hit it. I'm going to give your audience, in my opinion, the best two words you will ever need for life. Fear and ego. Alright. That's it. End. Book done, closed. Two words in it. The success, the, the, the how to become a millionaire in business, there should be two words in it. Fear and ego. Every decision I make as a human being, if it's ever rooted in fear, it's the wrong decision. Unless somebody's breaking in my house with a gun. Right. Then I have a right to be fearful. <laughs> That's different. But if I'm scared uh, uh, that someone's going to steal my business... Or I'm scared that I don't want to share my secrets because I'm going to give all away. I'm going to give my clients to another agent. Mm. Wrong move. Right. Wrong move. And then the other one is ego. Is every decision I make rooted in my own ego? Mm. Or is it rooted in service? So if I can, with every decision I make, I'm going to give you the other Pete Lorimer nugget of just goldenness. And these are not mine. I found them along the way. The power of the pause. So when you get a client that rings you up or, or just pushes that button and you want you feel defensive and you want to snap back and you want to get into it, I do this. If, if a client or another agent or someone says, you know what, Pete, you're a dickhead and I hate everything you've done. You are a, just a total asshole. I don't want to work with you. I'm going to report you. Da, 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 and they go off on one. It's one's instinct to have that squirt of adrenaline. Sure. Get defensive, stand your ground, state your case. Wrong move. Hmm. Here is how I handle it now. I go, thank you very much for your comments. I really appreciate that you took the time to share them with me. And I mean it. I'm not being, I'm not placating. Right. I say, I really appreciate that you shared that with me. What I'd like to do is show you the respect of kind of just thinking about it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to come back to you tomorrow. And they go, they look at you like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I thought we were going to have an argument here, or, or a heated discussion. Right. But the power of the pause, what happens is cooler heads prevail, hmm. and then the root of what it is actually then begins to bubble to the surface, and ego begins to fall away. And when I wake up the next morning, I no longer, not that I do anyway, but when I was a younger man, I wanted to bite people's heads off when they spoke to me like that. Interesting. But now, the next day, I'm like, you know what? I see his point. Whatever, it's all good. And then I will call up, apologize for my part in it, if I've caused any discomfort, 
And then I say, I want to focus on the solution, not on the problem. How can we get this done? Hmm. And it just, it's like magic. Poof! It's like magic. And then if they scream at you again, I say, thank you very much. I appreciate your comments. I'm, and I'd say, I'm not used to being spoken to like this. So if you want to speak to me like that, I think we should probably end the conversation now. Right. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to wish you love. I'm going to hope you have the most beautiful day. And I really mean that. And if there's anything I can do to help you, you let me know. Wow. And I just walk away. But that's huge advice for somebody. And we've all been in that situation exactly how you stated. Somebody says something to us. We have an immediate, you know, combative nature just to step in and say, no, well, I don't know if that's the right angle. And it's just never healthy for anybody on those lines. They're not going to pay attention. We're already heated up. It's just not healthy. But pause, right? I love the fact that you mentioned fear and ego. So hopefully you took crazy notes on that. That's super important. Take that to heart. I think that's that's great advice. And, and then the last, the last kind of... The fourth horseman of the apocalypse. Ah, yes. There we go. Here we go. That'll be in the notes in the comments section. (laughs) The fourth comment is this, and this takes a little more uh, finesse. Maybe guts. Maybe guts. Yeah. Which is this: whenever you're facing any situation, there's fear and ego, right? But then there's also faith, Hmm. right? Having when I approach a uh, uh, if I've I'm going to get into it. I guess I'm going to get into it. Yes. So faith, having the, uh, relying on faith, which is, I think this is going to turn out okay. I'm going to give it my best shot. And I don't really care what people think because that's rooted in ego Mm -hmm. and fear. Fear of what people, uh, you you fear what people think of you. Those two are toxic. Cut Mm -hmm. them away. Love that. So if you go into faith, like, you know, I think I'm going to wear a clown outfit at an open house. I think I'm going to do it. It's happening. It, it probably isn't the greatest idea to uh, do a clown outfit. Right. But for you to try and experiment stuff in your, whatever career it is, a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, is the essence of growth. Because hmm. fear, I don't look good on camera. I sound awful. I look fat. I look thin. I'm too old. I'm too young. You know, Fear is what holds us back. So if we can smash fear, which is rooted in ego, out of our lives, then the world is your oyster. And then you got me up. Can I carry on? I got one. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. Seriously. Really long answers. This is great. This is good content. Super good. And then the last secret that I've learned, it's not a secret. This is just an an old dude who's got experience that's now, I live a very zen, beautiful life. Hmm. Expectations. Lump that together with fear and ego. Those three are all toxic. Now, we all have ambition. Right. We all have goals. But expectations, like expecting people to behave in a certain manner, such as, that listing should have been mine, that other agent's an arsehole. That's you speaking from fear and ego Mm. because you expected to get it. My thing is this, I have such faith in the in Mother Universe, the beautiful universe, that when I, my part in it is I work as hard as I can, I'm as honest as I can be, mm-hmm. I deliver 110%, and then I put it at the foot of fate, and I walk away. Wow. And however it pans out, it pans out. And I'm at the point in my life now where I go, however it pans out is the way it's meant to pan out. Even if it's not what I want, it leads me to another doorway that I would otherwise not have seen. Hmm. That is, that's brilliant. I mean, hopefully everybody is really appreciating 
every piece of wisdom that Pete is dropping for everybody. I mean, this is so applicable for everybody in life. And whether you're in real estate or not, I mean, this is just straight advice for life. Yeah. Living a better, fuller, happier life going through that. Um, this is great, Pete. This is super, super good information. Okay, so I do want to take the tone down to a different level. Uh -oh. And this is the tricky part of this particular interview and this series. It's the challenge question. Okay. And I ask everybody this question and I kind of... Do you of, have expectations on this uh, question? It, it just depends on whatever you want to come out with here, Pete. But at the end of the day, we all have challenges, struggles in our lives. It doesn't matter if it's the past present or the future, we're all going to have hard times, yeah. whether it's personally, professionally, however we go through. Um, but I truly believe it's not so much what happens, but how we respond that really makes a difference. So if you could share a challenge, Pete, that you dealt with in your life, that you overcame, became stronger because of it, what's that look like for you? Oh, there we go. Tricky time here. Not really, because <laughs> I'm, I'm like a monk, right? I'm swore, I've sworn myself to always tell the truth. Okay. So there is a challenge that I overcame in my life, which uh, a lot of people know, a lot of people don't, but um, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol for 15 years. Okay. And I have been sober for nearly 18. Wow. Not a drop. Unreal. And that was the biggest challenge I ever had in my life, which, as you can imagine, right, and I'm not poo-pooing anybody's uh, uh, challenges, you yeah. know, uh, other challenges, mm -hmm. but I've been around people who've died and I've been around, you know, really great people who are still stuck in addiction. Sure. So again, this falls into that whole thing of everything's gravy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel blessed to, to live the life I live and why it's stuck on me, I don't really know. I mean, I've been sober for a long time and I sponsor guys. Sure. Uh, professional challenges, I will, I will say the hardest one to overcome was this. Being the only one doing something, which is what I like. Mm -hmm. So when I was at Keller Williams, no, this is not a rag, I'm not ragging on Keller Williams. Right. I, back in 2005 and six, I really wanted to go with a big social media campaign mm -hmm. and do stuff that was different and, right. and not very, you know, vanilla real estate. And it was a very, very lonely place. Mm -hmm. And my insecurities made me push the gas pedal, but I wished I'd pushed it, pushed it harder. Wow, okay. So, trusting one's own, one's own gut, hmm. and if you don't know what type of realtor you are, or you don't know what type of professional you are, you've got to work harder. You've got to sit down. I would challenge everybody to write down their interests. I'm into ballroom dancing. I'm into you know, being, being a lumberjack. I'm into water, whitewater rafting. Whatever the hell it is, sure. real estate ain't about houses, it's about us. Well said. It's people. It's people. Yeah. You know, they don't care if you're the number one this, number one that. Mm. They care what, if they can relate to you. And our industry misses that. I, I think you hit that right on the head, Pete. And, and for me and, and for a lot of the, the viewers or listeners to this, I understand that that's going to hit so many hard. The insecurities of you know, really pushing that to another level and being in your own space. The, the trailblazers, the mavericks... Um, they're the, the innovators, the people that are pushing it out of that particular zone are really making the changes in life, in business, in industry. Uh, but there's so much insecurity to, oh, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to look at me this way. I'm not a professional because I'm on these social media sites. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of who you are and who you become is putting yourself in those awkward situations and gravitating all that beautiful uh, attention that you've garnered and then really applying your knowledge and your basis to the industry to grow and scale. It, it, it is, and, and, and in some ways, the path I took was kind of selfish. Oh, okay. 
Okay. It was, I, I, the thought of door knocking, kill me now. <laughs> the thought of cold calling, kill me now. Wow. The thought of, you know, wearing name tags and, you know, just shoot me. I would, I really would rather drive a bus <laughs> or I would rather have a surf shop in Vietnam. Right? Right. So when I was at Keller Williams, they, it, they had the best of intention for me, <laughs> but I found their style to be very traditional and, 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 and so that's why I wanted to, to kind of, uh, break out of it. I've completely spaced on what the question was there. No, no, you're, you're hitting it. It was challenge questions. So it was, okay. it was business and, and personal. This is good. We're getting really heated up everybody. I mean, there's three cameras that are going on all at once. This is really good, <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'm, I'm really happy that you shared those challenges though, Pete, because it's, it's not easy for everybody to look at professionals like you and, and the other Titans that are fe featured on the series to see the level of professionalism and success and personal balance and growth and know that we're all human, right? We all have challenges, we all have struggle. And, and hopefully that helps somebody out there who's watching or listening saying, you know what, I'm dealing with it now or I've dealt with that too. And I, I feel what Pete's feeling, um, you know, personally sure. and professionally. So I appreciate you saying that. I mean, what I will, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, which I don't want to give you any kind of buzz phrases, but really every, Every success is represented by a thousand failures. That is for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But I'm going to give you an example that may be a little bit more relatable. For those of us that are old enough to remember uh, Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. Right? I remember the first time I played Donkey Kong, I was on level one. And I was like, there is no freaking way that I am going to figure out how to get to level two. There is just no way. I'm not going to be able to time the barrels. I'm just not going to be able to do it. But I decided to give it a crack. And obsess, and I kept tapping away and tapping away and tapping away and tapping away. And after maybe a couple of days, I managed to get past level one. And then after a week, I was probably on level twenty. And this is something I never thought that I would master. Mm. It's exactly the same with with business techniques. For sure. Right? How many hours have you spent figuring out gear? And you thought, I'm never, I'm never going to figure this out. Right. But you end up ultimately figuring it out. You do. And it's trial and error. You yes. keep trying and trying. There's, again, though, that amount of failure greatly outweighs that success. Oh, without a doubt. But, you know, it's that old adage, you know, it's not so many times how you fall off the horse, but getting back on that last time. However you want to break it down. But th there's truth to that. And I think, it, not to get too philosophical here, but I think it all boils down to fear and ego again, which mm -hmm. is when most of us fa have failed three or four times... We go, you know what, this is just not working. I'm going to bail and I'm going to go door knocking. Right. Or I'm going to do some cold calls because it's that fear and it's insecurity. And mm. it's like, well, I'm just, I, I don't want to go too far away from the pack. Right. Whereas being away from the pack for me in every career I've ever had has always been the best thing I ever did. Mm. Huge. That, that is big. This is a big window into this man, everybody. This is great, Pete. And again, just really diving deeper into you to get to know. So again, thanks for sharing yeah, cool. um, those challenges and everybody resonating that way. I do want to go to a slightly softer question. Let uh, me finish with a hard oh, yeah, Let okay. me finish. So for you guys out there, and it's my job to do this, I made a deal with a, a group of people. If any of you guys out there are thinking if you have a drug and alcohol problem, mm -hmm. People who don't have a drug and alcohol problem don't wonder if they have one. So I'll leave that little nugget with you. There's lots of help out there. It changed my life into an unrecognizable, beautiful experience from one that was quite dark. Wow. 
And on a lighter note... Yes. <laughs> hey, here we go to shift gears. This is a good, that was a good inject beat. Uh, so I do... This is actually one of my favorite questions. This is the travel back in time. I'm a movie nut and nerd, so Back to the Future is, is very close in my heart, so don't judge. But uh, when it comes down to it, if you could travel back in time and give young Pete oh. a piece of advice or two, what would you say to your younger self? Now, this could be a year ago, and this could be 10 years ago. It could be all the way down to little Pete. Oh, wow. Yeah, making you think. This is good. Wow. I think that I would probably go back. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story. Let's do it. So when I was a young man, right, into I, I dropped out of high school, uh, 15, moved to London. I'm from a town like Detroit. Like, it's called Leeds. Um, when I was 17, I had my first hit record. Had a, I did really well. And then I managed to somehow get into on the radar of George Michael. Wow. Okay, for those of you who don't know who George Michael is, <laughs> Google it. That's right. You're young. <laughs> Too young. <laughs> um, and I had a house music label, and I was really deep into, you know, I was drinking, and I was partying, and I discovered ecstasy. And, uh, George wanted to put out some records on my label under a pseudonym, as an underground artist, wow. and the biggest mistake I made was, I I I, set, I listened at the stuff, and it wasn't that great. It, okay. was, it wasn't underground enough. No. I didn't know. It was all a ploy, and it was that was a huge career mistake for me. Oh, wow. uh, and I did another one with another band, and I would say to that Pete, uh, shut up, take your ego, leave it at the door, hmm. sign the bloody records. Okay. But who knows? I might have died. Um, <laughs> And then Pete in 2000 and, when did I start PLG? 2010. I would have said to Pete in 2010 at PLG, start doing video now. Wow. Start doing video now. It wasn't until, I don't think it was tw until 2015 that I really jumped in. Unreal. Wow, five years in. Yeah, four. four. Oh, four, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And really not until the end of 2015, so three and a bit. It feels like I've been doing video forever. Yeah, I mean, but it's interesting that you'd look back on it. I mean, no one has a crystal ball. No one actually has a time machine. Maybe yet. You do. I don't know yet. It, it might happen, but I think that that's good reflection on everybody to kind of to look at those things that they've gone through in their life and try to share that reflection with other people that are out there that maybe have an opportunity to learn from others' uh, thought process. Not so much mistakes, but just thought processes and what we've gone through in life. There's a lot of people out there that say, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, the, the man I am today and what I've been through, the... The, the happiness and, the, and the, the sorrow and the travel and the books I've read, the movies that I've watched, it's created who you are, yeah. right? So, but it's just interesting to kind of look back on that. It's a fun question to kind of think about. And the funny thing is, I was going to answer it with that because had I not done all the footsteps in my life that I'd made, mm -hmm. and all, I, I, I remember sitting down with a pal of mine and I said to him, I wish I got sober earlier. And he said, you need to smash that idea out of your head. Hmm. He said, all of those moments in your life are just a one patch on a, on, a, on a patchwork quilt of your life and you shouldn't regret any of them. And when I look at them as the sum of my life, right. where it led me is divine. Hmm. So if I changed one step, right. all I know is where I'm at today, I wouldn't change for anything. So hmm. ergo, all the steps I made <laughs> were the ones that were meant to happen. There we go. Yeah.
And, right? and I love that. I, I mean, it's the truth of the matter. And I, I think that so many people understand that who are watching and listening to this. So that, that was super good, Pete. Appreciate that. I want to go into uh, one of the crowd pleasers. And this one is the feeding of the mind question. The, the viewers and the listeners, they want to know what the Titans are feeding their minds. Really how they're growing that way. So I always throw these few out, but just answer whatever you know pops into your head. But books you're reading or have read, podcasts you're listening to or listen to that way, or influencers on social media, coaches. How, sure. How are you feeding your mind, Pete? So, I guess it varies from from year to year. Right now, I'm on a, on a kind of a film thing because okay. I really want to master the skill of, of of making not necessarily films, but so I can use it in my business mm-hmm. better. I want okay. to become a better a better filmmaker. I guess you would say. Love it. Um, so I watch uh, the people that I watch religiously are. I watch Peter McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I watch Dee Fidarius, okay. right, on YouTube. I don't read a lot because I'm kind of a slow reader. Sure. Um, I watch a ton of YouTube, and I'm always experimenting. Uh, so one, one of the traits that has followed me through my entire life is this. There are those people who like to have things done for them, And then there are those of us that like to figure out how to do it for ourselves and then ask other people to emulate us. And that's not an ego thing. Mm -mm. So case in point is, let's use real estate. There are companies out there like Compass, for example, who will do everything for you. Put your signs out, do all your marketing, you know, do pretty pictures, brochures. Here's my problem with that. And I'm not ragging on Compass. I'm, I'm an indie, right? Remember, I'm an indie is when everybody looks the same, how on earth do you stand out? Correct. So I made a point of learning how to shoot video, of which gear to use, you know, mm-hmm. of which mics to use. We were talking mics we last were. time. Yeah. You know, I got the new bloody freaking Osmo action cam over there, oh, it just yeah. came out this week. <laughs> um, and I'm constantly trying to teach myself how I can, and, and I, le- I didn't learn this from Tony Hawk, but Tony Hawk, galvanized this for me. Interesting. Somebody said to Tony Hawk, what's the best piece of advice you can give any skateboarder that wants to become professional? And he said, learn everything about every aspect of your industry. Not just how to skateboard, learn how to buy new wheels, learn where they're poured, learn what woods make a good board, what woods don't make a good board, learn how to market yourself, learn from other people who are in your profession, go to the factories, Speak to ex-pros, learn every single aspect of every little nook and cranny of your business Mm. so that then you can then pass on how you want your business to be to your team. Love that. And that was genius for me. Mm -hmm. And so to you guys out there who think social media is something that you get to, for me, social media is prospecting. I plan, I have a calendar, I have a media calendar that I plan with Mikel in my office, sometimes a week, two weeks, a month. I mean, how long have you been on the calendar? Six oh, weeks, yeah. two yeah. months? It's a few months, yeah. yeah. We plan eight months in advance. And I think that that's, that's brilliant to deeply understand your craft, but then expand upon that. And I really love the understanding of getting to know what the bits and pieces are, and then you figure out what you can divvy out, where you can really spread your time, what you can dive into, but I think that that's the best way to go about it. And some people are really quick to fit into that mold sort of scenario. And you mentioned Compass. There are so many different real estate companies out there that, that are like that, plug and play. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to stand out. I agree I, I 100%. Think so. You know? 100%. And, and I think I was an old record producer, so I like to have my hands on 
the creation of it, right? I want my fingerprints all over it because if what I create has my fingerprints on it, it also has my voice, right? Which is why I learned how to edit because editing is just as, as unique as... Um, something went off? Oh, hello. I think it was that camera. Okay. There you go. Oh, the battery. Ah, come on. Um, but having... Creating a unique digital persona, which is hopefully based in your true organic, a true authentic self, mm -hmm. is a skill that you gotta learn. It's like, right. and I'll finish with this. It's like learning to play the piano, right? Okay. You can't just sit down in front of the piano and, and play Beethoven's Fifth. You gotta sit down for weeks and 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 practice and practice and practice and practice, 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 and then you do a shitty version and a slightly better, and then maybe after a couple of years, you might do something that's pretty good. Mm. Same with this stuff. Well said. You heard it from the man here. There's tons of information in there, Pete. I'm going to have links in the comments down below so that you can follow and feed your mind the same way that this man is and does. Uh, this has been fantastic, Pete. I mean, I'm absolutely honored to have you on the show. My this pleasure. has been super good. I want to wrap everything up with a final question. Oh, God. Now, this is a really good one. Uh, this comes down to a quote. Or a mantra that you mm. It sums you up as a man, as a professional. What's that look like for Peter Lorimer? I can act my way into right thinking, but I can't think my way into right action. Right here. Which means, when I wake up in the morning, do I wake up going, Woohoo! I got a prospect! <laughs> no, I don't. Do I wake up going, Woohoo! I got to edit video for four hours! I do not. But if I sit down and get into action, my thinking will change. Whereas if I wait and wait to be ready to prospect, that's never gonna happen. Wow. Sums it up. That's beautiful, Pete. I wanna thank you. You are a real estate titan, my friend. Thank, thank you very so much. much for taking the time again. Everybody out there, as always, thank you so much for your time and attention, your love and support. Um, if you like what we're doing here at Real Estate Titans, don't forget to throw us a like on the Facebook page, subscribe to YouTube. And take a listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Uh, live every Tuesday and Friday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location, and we'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Toodaloo.